So what are the main talking points with Tennessee, do you think? What, what if, if you had to bullet it out after thinking about it and answering questions over the last few months, where does the conversation begin for you with UT? Yeah, I mean, I think Jeremy is going to be asked and he's going to kind of discuss what he likes about his football team and why he thinks the changes that they've made this offseason, whether it be with the coaching staff, uh, improving the roster with the latest recruiting class, and then there's some, some of the offseason continuity and development, the fact that they had Fitzgerald here for a second year, first time they've had a strength coach back-to-back offseasons uh, for the first time in four or five years. I think all that he's going to be very positive about, and then he's then going to be asked, okay, how does that translate to wins and losses? Because ultimately that's what folks care about. In- including Jeremy Pruitt. So do, do you know what the answer is? Do you have an indication what is the translation there for Tennessee on the field? I think – well, for me personally, I mean, kind of talking to folks around the team, uh, seeing some, some guys throughout the offseason, I think there is some real optimism that Tennessee can kind of make that year two jump. Now, you know, historically, especially in the SEC, if you're, if you're going to kind of prove that you belong in this conference as a coach, it, it's in year two. Now, you've had the guys like Saban and Gus and Kirby and, and even Mark Rick and, and Les, they won the SEC championship in year two. No one's expecting Tennessee to do that, but but I think Pruitt and his staff certainly believe uh, and know that they do have to show you know real tangible progress, and that comes with actual W's. And so I think, that to me, this whole season is going to boil down to, to Jarrett Garantano. I know it's easy to, to talk about you know other aspects of the team, but as he goes, this team goes. And if he goes down, I think Tennessee's going to be in big trouble. If he can stay you know, moderately healthy, I think right now as we sit, what is this, July 15th or so, I think you're looking at Tennessee being probably a seven-win team in my opinion. Now, Jesse, I know that this is going to be a bit of a subjective question and, and different people would have different responses. But if Jeremy Pruitt is going to prove that he's the guy and he can elevate the Tennessee program. What does that look like this season? Um, obviously, it would be you know better ranked in total offense, total defense, and hopefully the wins would translate. But but in your eyes, what does what does the proof look like when we're talking about this in December? Well, I mean, a year ago, Heather, Tennessee got blown out, what, I think, five times by 26 points or more. I think competitiveness has to be a big deal. And, and Jeremy would tell you himself and kind of talking to him, a couple times this offseason, I think he would tell you himself, he learned many things as these first-year coaches do. Just a year ago being at this event, uh, as we are, you talk to a lot of different people. Gene Chiswick told me, you know, Jeremy's going to be drinking out of a fire hose in, in, in his first season. I think, and Jeremy kind of admitted that was the case. Tennessee gets blown out by Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt was probably better than Tennessee a year ago, but that score was probably not indicative of exactly the two teams' talent. But Jeremy was so frustrated about the week before and what happened against Missouri that he rode his team hard in practice, and it backfired. And, and that was a, tr- a true learning experience. And so I think when he kind of takes these, these lessons that he learned from a year ago, he has, I think, in his eyes and in Tennessee's eyes, a more complete football team. Certainly still a lot of question marks, especially all along the lines of scrimmage. But I think, I think he thinks and believes that that's going to translate into competitiveness. So, again, with the way the schedule sets up, you know, Josh, I, I think Tennessee's non-conference, the BYU game is going to be huge. But I think this season, to me, it boils down to what do you do against South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky? Because those are three teams before Tennessee starts thinking about beating Georgia and Florida and Alabama, which obviously every Tennessee fan's wants them to do you got to beat those other three teams first in my opinion yeah jesse simonton is with us here volquest.com uh, on radio road sec football media days and 
I would agree with that. If Tennessee's able to beat some of those teams, uh, the teams that have been ahead of Tennessee in the SEC East the last few years, what can that mean for Tennessee on the recruiting trail? Is, is it does still come back to that if we're going to talk about Tennessee trying to get to a championship level, they need more players. And wins and losses would, would at least help there. But what, what do you think in that conversation? No, I, you're absolutely right, Josh. I mean, I think Tennessee right now, if you look at where they are recruiting, they're building a solid foundation. They, they've been you know buoyed by the fact that the in-state crop this year is, A, one that they like, and, B, fits what they need. I mean, it's a ton of defensive linemen. You've got a blue-chip defensive back in Keyshawn Lawrence. You know, you can kinda, he can be coached by Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Ansley. But to really get those, you know, cornerstones and the crown jewels, uh, they're going to have to win games. And so that's what's going to draw the attention of the Noah Sewells and the Eric Gilberts and the Darnell Washingtons. And, and Tennessee has their hands, you know, their fingerprints all over these five stars that are littered from the, you know, all the way to Las Vegas and, and up in Oregon to, you know, Marietta, Georgia. But you're not going to land. You're not going to beat out Alabama and Georgia and Clemson for those guys unless you do show tangible progress on the field. And against Florida and Georgia, you want to show better play, right? You don't 100%. have to necessarily beat those teams if you do great. But you, you, you can't go. You can't go down to Gainesville and lose by 26 like you did in Neyland, and you can't have Georgia come up and beat you by three or four touchdowns. I would think you want to at least close the, the score there. Unequivocally, I, and that kind of goes to the philosophical thing. Well, what if Tennessee only wins six or seven games, but they get blown out yeah. in these games? But what if they maybe only win five or six games, but they're close? In the, you know, there are all what, kinds what, of scenarios. Yeah, the, the, the scenarios are, 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 are just all over the board. So I, Tennessee has to be more competitive. Obviously, they, they, were, they were in that Georgia game for about a half. The Florida game was a complete implosion. Uh, th- those are going to be two tough games again. But, I mean, we could be talking that, you know, that first month, Josh, if Tennessee takes care of business against BYU, and I do think that's going to be more challenging than a lot of Tennessee fans are already just kind of penciling in that as a W. BYU, I think Jeremy Pruitt believes that, too, that he knows he has to make sure his team is ready for that game. Absolutely, absolutely, because the, the Cougars have some players, and they especially on defense, they have a quarterback who, you know, uh, got a lot of you know duty a year ago as a freshman, taking over for Tanner. Uh, so I, I think that BYU game, if you win that, you're rolling into Gainesville 3-0, and and suddenly it kind of changes the trajectory of your season, uh, especially from an optics standpoint. Hey, Jesse, let me ask you this, because we've talked so much about Tennessee's offense and the strength being Jarrett Garantano. Uh, I want to a- ask you about the defense. Who do you think are going to be those stars on the defensive side of the ball, and how much better do you think the defense can play this year as opposed to last year? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question, Heather, because I think there are a lot of concerns defensively, especially in that front four. I mean, you're replacing three guys. Now, they weren't awesome a year ago, but Kyle Phillips, Shai Tuttle, and Alexis Johnson gave you the majority of the snaps on the defensive line. And so right now, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeremy Pruitt makes – it could be even be overt. I was going to say veiled, but I think he's going to at least make a veiled reference, but potentially a very – forward and public reference of hey NCAA come on what are we doing here because Aubrey Solomon if he gets on board I think that does kind of change the landscape of what Tennessee's looking like up front they're going to be counting on a bunch of junior college guys whether it's Emmett Gooden who got some flash a year ago but you know only played about 12 snaps a game or then Savion Williams Darrell Middleton they're going to need those guys to step up in terms of star power you know, one of the reasons Daryl Taylor's here because he's a senior and he's been rewarded for his efforts the last three years. Uh, but he has also, I think, taken his game to another level this offseason. I think Tennessee fans are going to be uh, 
pleasantly surprised that he's not just going to be kind of a one-trick pony. He had seven sacks in two games a year ago, kind of disappeared otherwise. He's really dived into the, the, the film study this season. He's really kind of, uh, I think, learned to love football and kind of honed his craft. It, it's a contract year for him. You know, he, he put his name in the NFL advisory board and did not hear back what he wanted to hear. And I think that reality kind of humbled him a little bit in a good way. And he, he's really accepted the challenge. That's why Jeremy rewarded him to come to Hoover uh, tomorrow so he can kind of get that national exposure. But they're going to need somebody else, whether that's a Nigel Warrior living up to his billing, Josh. Can Alante Taylor take that next step? I'm also really fascinated about what Tennessee does at star this year. You know, you look at the PF. I'm, I'm big on the analytics and PFF numbers. They were one of the worst teams in the country at defending the slot. And we know, I mean, this league's got a lot of guys that you, burners you can put in the middle or even tight ends, and that's going to be a fascinating position where we again kind of circle back to these transfers. If D'Angelo Gibbs is eligible, maybe it changes things. Yeah, teams that Tennessee will face on its schedule, they will know how to attack that if, if Tennessee doesn't have an answer on the defensive side. Uh, one more Tennessee question for you before you go, Jesse Simonton, VolQuest.com. Haynes King, you have anything for me there with, with the quarterback from Longwood, Texas? I think the longer it goes, uh, jo- uh, Austin Price has been all over this one, and I've kind of been on the fringes here. I think the longer this one goes, um, Tennessee Tennessee likes their chances. You know, A&M got a commit about a week ago from Eli Stowers. Um, he's a 2021 guy. He's a guy Tennessee and Cheney and these guys liked a lot too, but he, he may be one of the top five quarterbacks in the country in the, in the next class. How does Haynes kind of look at that? Haynes isn't afraid of competition. I mean, they, Tennessee already has Harrison Bailey. Uh, but you're kind of hearing some rumblings that maybe A&M also is, is, is going to maybe jump at another quarterback that's out there because they, they need one now. They can't afford to wait, whereas Tennessee already has Harrison Bailey in the boat. They can wait on, as long as Haynes wants to take. So right now I, I still like Tennessee's chances. The longer this kind of goes, Peters into the summer, I think the balls are looking better and better in that spot. What do you think about the Atlanta Braves' chances here? I like their chances even better. Great sweep this past weekend out in San Diego. Now they're going to take those fish tacos and and go eat the cheese in Milwaukee and hopefully continue to win. Heather Harrington, what do you think about that one? I like it, Josh, yes. Okay, good. (laughs) There you go. Uh, VolQuest.com, anything you want to plug, Jesse, before you hop off here? We got a little primer up about SEC Media Days. We'll have plenty of coverage here from from Hoover. We also have recruiting updates, including on, you know, I talked about some of these five stars that Tennessee's after. Darnell Washington, he's going to be back on campus coming out of the dead period. You're going to see a lot of schools jockeying. Uh, for the, it's only one week. The July dead period is longer these days. And so basically you have one week until these kids start high school football to get them on campus. Tennessee's trying to gear up for a big weekend a week after Friday. He is here in Hoover. You can find him on Twitter at Jesse R. E. Simonton with VolQuest.com. Jesse, thanks as always. Absolutely, Josh. Thanks for having me.